Reconstructionist Radio presents The War Room, where we discuss tactics for strategic Christian living. Mighty Lord, extend your kingdom, be the truth with Good afternoon. Welcome to the War Room. This is Bill Evans. I'm in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, waiting to get loaded to head down to San Antonio. And I wanted to give everybody a little bit of an update and sort of a recap of some of the discussions that we had over the weekend with people like Michael Minkoff, Peter Allison, Paul Doerr, Joel McDermott, Brian Abshire, and others regarding a problem that has existed for a long time we would hear spurious reports of CPS taking children, whether it be for corporal punishment or because they refused to vaccinate or because the family was living in what the state considered to be substandard conditions off-grid, homeschooling, testing, or various things like that. As you probably have begun to find out that there was a family, Alan and Amy Frizz, and their 10 children, are members of Covenant Reformed Presbyterian Church in Evansville, Indiana, and Brian Abshire is their pastor. He contacted me the other day that they had been arrested. I won't go over all the details. We've gotten many individuals who have agreed to be praying, and of course, prayer is not a one-time deal. We're to be perseverant persevering and uh, in our prayer diligent believing oftentimes think that there is a seed of atheism in all of us when we come to pray and really believing that God not only hears our prayer but that he answers our prayer and that prayer changes things that's an old message it's certainly basic Christianity 101 and yet many times we need to be Asking as the father coming to Christ to raise his dead child, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. When Jesus rebuked him, or perhaps it was an encouragement, all things are possible, only believe. So, while we can't do much for the frizzes directly, what we can do is you can go on to the newspaper article in the Du Bois County, that's, the link is posted on there. You can go to the actual newspaper article and our where this pi- story has been picked up by other media around the country and you can leave comments that counter the demonization of these Christian parents. Uh, you have to believe that many people uh, will say cruel and harsh and hateful things merely because these people presumed to be Christian, and the Fritz's are a Christian family. I don't know the specifics of his relationship with his former wife, uh, or even his previous relationship with the woman he's now married to. But I do know that the charges, while they may appear to be serious, are actually quite benign compared to what this family was going through. But be that as it may, Leave some comments. 
if you want to do something besides pray, go to these these uh, news outlets where they've posted this story and begin to put positive comments in there. Now, if you don't know them and you don't feel comfortable um, uh, saying things that you don't you can't testify personally, then you can at least uh, assert the fact that people are innocent until proven guilty, and that a uh, psychotic young uh, teenager, teenage girl is not to be, her testimony is not to be taken over the testimonies of her parents or the clear evidence and family and friends and, and uh, congregation members. But on to the bigger issue, and it, it just found out this morning, I saw only in glancing that a Nick, Nikki Vestal from Tennessee, who in the past, uh, her and her husband have been active in uh, abolitionist work along with Mike and Heather Gully that uh, she is now being approached by CPS over issues pertaining to vaccines and essential oil, using essential oils and naturopathic, naturopathic homeopathic uh, medicine uh, and treatment over against allopathic MD directed FD approved pharmaceutically uh, pimps Anyway, some of the and I've heard several testimonies over the weekend of individuals who've had run-ins with CPS. One of the more egregious ones was Michael Minkoff, who's the president of uh, Nehemiah Foundation for Cultural Renewal. He's been on the War Room. You could check out that episode. It was a smart guy. Been raised in the Reformed faith, Reconstructionist. A number of years ago, him and his wife Vanessa were on vacation with her mother in California, and they had their twins abducted by CPS over a call to police because they had administered corporal punishment to one of the children. It took several hundreds of thousands of dollars, several different attempts at locating the right attorney, and over four months for them to get their children back over something as seemingly insignificant as spanking uh, a couple of children in their terrible twos. So, what can we do? If you had an, a run-in with CPS, and I heard this in great detail from Michael Minkoff, we were hoping to, to do an interview yesterday with him and Paul Doerr and, and Joel McDermott, but we could not work out our communications bugs. But what I did glean from my from Michael's testimony was that CPS and these other agencies are diabolical. They will lie because they're liars. And they cannot be believed. And they will write up a report, their investigators, whatever the charges are, whatever the allegations are. CPS is an unconstitutional, unbiblical, ungodly, anti-family, anti-Christ agency of a government that is in wholesale rebellion against King Jesus and his law. They claim to be in existence to help the children. That is a lie. It's about money and power. It's about subjugating the American people. It's about imposing an agenda. It's about placing children with queer foster parents and pedophiles and people who look at these children as either a popsicle to be consumed or a paycheck to be cashed. It's about money. And, these, and the whole system 
revolves around U.S. dollars that go into their coffers when they, based on how many children they have in their uh, confinement. So they will lie, and, and when they're in, and when their investigators are done with their report, the event for which you're being charged, the family, the parents, it won't resemble anything you recognize. Your home will be a dungeon, and you will be monsters. And that's how they will spin it. In a CPS family court, allegations, rumors, even anonymous tips are admissible. You're not innocent until proven guilty. Just the opposite. According to Minkoff, they know that you want your child back, or your children back in your custody, worse than you want your next breath of air. And so they will fabricate perhaps a long list of charges, all of them lies, all of them egregious, uh, none of which you're guilty of having committed, and yet they will ask you to, to uh, agree to plead guilty on just one of these charges, and they will even, even agree to modify the wording to make it sound less egregious, less onerous. And when you agree to one, you've effectively hung yourself because then they will spin that and you become guilty for the whole list, the whole raft of accusations. So the tactic for today in dealing with CPS is never tell them anything. You have the right to remain silent. You should absolutely actively stand on that right and also you need an attorney, and you need an attorney who is a bulldog. You don't need a, a family law attorney, heritage group, and these others, unless it's strict homeschooling cases that fit their specialty. You need a criminal defense attorney, not a family attorney. Now, this is coming from families who've been through the ringer. And so I, this is, I'm not speaking from experience, but I'm conveying directly what has been told to me by these men who are not dumb men. They're not men to be rolled over, but they realized that they needed a Perry Mason. They needed an F. Lee Bailey. They needed a go-for-broke, take-no-prisoners criminal attorney, the best you can get, and never, ever admit to anything, even when CPS says, if you do this, you'll get your kids back. They lie. That's what they do. Now, it, there needs to be a lot of discussion among homeschooling groups, members of various congregations, and the leadership in those congregations, how to be proactive, how to not be caught flat-footed, uh, have your attorneys picked out, have numbers on speed dial, make arrangements with legal defense in advance, in anticipation of these kinds of attacks, because if you don't need that attorney's number and name, somebody that you know will. So, Make these connections ahead of time. You know, it, it would be good, perhaps, if congregations would seek out the absolute best criminal attorney in their area who was not hostile to the Christian faith and put him on a retainer. So he would understand that he was at the beck and call of members of that congregation in the event that they have a run-in with police, warrantless searches, CPS intrusion, kidnapping of children, or whatever it may be. I would strongly recommend congregations seeking out such counsel and paying him what they're worth, what he's worth, he or she's worth, to have him or her on retainer and make sure that everyone in that congregation not only has the elders number on speed dial and at least several of their closest 
families in the congregation on uh, in their program into their phone, but also have this attorney and have it highlighted so that in a dire situation, when you're panicky, when you're nervous, when the police are literally beating on your door, you can go immediately to your phone and even in a nervous, flustered state, you can locate that number in your in your phone's uh, index of contacts, clearly labeled as SOS. You you call that number and get them on the phone, and you record. Uh, learn how to record. There would be. It's interesting. We live in an age where God has given us tremendous tools of dominion. These are weapons of warfare, and we need to learn how to utilize them. Now, to say that we. Wage war not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and rulers and forces of darkness in the heavenly places is not to say that we don't wage war at all. In other words, we don't build a theology on one passage of Scripture, on one verse of Scripture. To say that we are wait that, that the essence of our warfare is is spiritual, not carnal, is a true statement. Obviously that's true. But it also but we also wage war with the hirelings are the minions of the enemies of Christ who are animated by spiritual force, but they are they are carnal living human beings and institutions. And so to say that, well, we shouldn't, this is all carnal, and is to ignore the full counsel of God. We do wage war against spiritual forces. Those spiritual attacks often take the form of agencies and departments and bureaucracies and individuals who mean you and your family harm. Now you say, well this is this is conspiratorial, this is this is paranoia. Listen, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean someone's not following you. We need to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Most Christians have the harmless as doves part down, but we're not wise as serpents. The sons of darkness are often wiser than the sons of light. We're called to know our enemy and to know our ground. Now, the last thing I will say in this brief War Room podcast is really the boiled down Reader's Digest condensed version of a lengthy conversation with Paul Doerr. Now, for those who don't know Paul Doerr, Paul Doerr is a uh, is a tactical Christian. He is a combat trained seasoned veteran of the wars of the lord he lives up in northwestern uh, iowa he has uh, he's one of us he's a reconstructionist he's an abolitionist he's got boots on the ground he's a homeschooling dad with a with a, a large family his, his his children have fallen in his stead and have basically begun engaging the enemy in their own wherever they find him in their own areas their own campaigns against darkness and to uh, and for justice and righteousness in many many different spheres but Paul's particular expertise is in going against school boards and the indebtedness that comes upon communities and parents the the theft based education and propaganda system of uh, the, the godless uh, beast state and uh, he's been very effective Paul knows whereof he speaks and he's as a reconstructionist and a man who's been in the battle for many years and faithful in the battle and has racked up many many scalps on his belt of the enemy that he has slain in battle by the grace of God his best advice was go on the offense you see, if Jesus Christ is Lord, if we have no king but Jesus, then peaceful coexistence with the enemy is impossible. It is, de- it is 
a fight to the death. We're assured of victory. Our only fault is in failing to be faithful and not engaging and not taking the enemy, not taking the fight to the enemy. Be assured, Satan is not at peace with us. There may be a lull before the storm, but if you, you there's no there's no such case as drawing a line in the sand and say, okay, we won't step over this line if you won't step over that line. The fact of the matter is, all such thinking is sin. God's people are ca are called in Scripture to oppose the evil works of darkness, to expose them, to come against them. Jesus says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Well, you might ask, what is the church doing in front of the gates of hell? We're extending the crown rights of King Jesus. Like the virtuous wife of Proverbs 31, she has no greater interest and no greater joy than to extend the influence and the renown of her husband. In this case, the church needs to be about extending the crown rights of Jesus Christ, her Lord, in every sphere of life. And every one of us has work to do around us. It's often, you know, the question comes up on Facebook a lot. Well, what do I do? How do I know what the Lord wants you to do? The leading of the Holy Spirit often comes in the form of providence. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Smite the enemy that's closest to you, but go on the attack. And when the church refuses to go on the attack, and they remain on the defensive, they, they're, not only are they sitting ducks, but they're sitting in sin. They're immobile. God does not lead a people who's not moving. A ship cannot be steered that does not have headway. A ship at anchor cannot be directed, cannot be steered. It doesn't matter which way it's swinging on anchor. It's not going anywhere. And so the biggest problem with the with the, the church in America today is they have bought into the fake Nicene Creed that we need to be nice. You cannot make peace with darkness. You cannot make peace with death. You cannot make peace with sin. The best defense is a good offense. Let me repeat that. The best defense is a good offense. And in the same way, when the Word of God goes forth, and the people do, and the church of Jesus Christ doesn't respond, they sit there on their hands like a bump on the log. Do you not suppose that that is, in fact, a form of God's judgment? So, what are the, what are the, uh, the tasks of the church. Does the church exist to uh, enlarge its tents, to attract more people to listen to the sermons and to put money into the collection? Well, let me submit to you that the church exists for a handful of reasons. They all basically come under the umbrella of kingdom work. Number one, to bring the gospel into conflict with the culture of death exposing and opposing evil. Secondly, to a certain extent the crown rights of King Jesus into every area of life. Third, to mobilize the ecclesia to be that shining city on a hill. Fourth point, restoring Christendom in accordance with our prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. 
Next, become a culture-transforming force to be reckoned with instead of a voting block to be manipulated and played to work for justice and righteousness, which are the foundations of God's throne. This is what you hear from Joe Salant and others here on Reconstructionist Radio. And devise and apply biblical strategies to reach the least, the lost, and the last to destroy the enemies of King Jesus. This is what we are to be about. And to be funding and fueling those efforts. If you can't be, as you've heard me say before, at the tip of the spear, support the people who are. Fasting and intercessory prayer is spiritual warfare. It's work. And this is the work of the church. To be militant. To be on the march. We're a battleship, not a cruise ship. To reiterate Paul Doerr's timely advice, it's just a matter of time. If you're any threat at all to the enemy, you will be attacked. And if you're not attacked, what does that say about your threat level? Are you even a high-value target to the enemy? And if we are not, woe to us. You know, a man is distinguished by his enemies. And the Church of Jesus Christ is distinguished by her enemies. There's two places you want your name to be famous. One is in the court of God for the time you spent there petitioning before the throne of grace. And secondly, you want your name to be famous in hell. You want the enemy to know your address because you are a threat. No weapon formed against us can prosper. So the only way we can lose is to not go on attack, is to not go on the offense. So this is a fairly short uh, War Room podcast. I do want to ask you to continue to pray. I want to ask you to join us in our Thursday night coast-to-coast prayer meeting. Starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Goes for an hour, at which time we pass the baton off to those in the Central Time Zone and then at Mountain Time Zone and then Pacific Time Zone. We need to learn how to, do, to go to war together and spiritual warfare is learned on our knees by praying together and before God's throne and petitioning Him with imprecatory psalms and with His promises and praying specifically, intelligently, short, not de- long, devotional, drawn-out monologues, but, bas- but short petitions to the King. Learn how to fight together and in so doing, begin to neutralize or to mar- minimize the differences that we have. You know, warfare makes strange bedfellows. There's a camaraderie and a love for one another that is built when you have gone to war and suffered with someone. So short of persecution, going out on the street and evangelizing or or agitating in front of the the, uh, uh, government humanistic indoctrination centers or your seats of city government, the the police uh, or courthouse, uh, the abortion mills. Um, the dead, apathetic, 501c3 religion dispensaries located in your community where, that are not engaging. Explain to them that this, this, you're there out of love for them. Because if they don't go on the march, if they don't learn how to fight, they're going to become casualties. And so I thank you. Prayerfully consider joining us on Thursday night in your respective time zone. Until then, in the words of Roger Oliver... Start where you are, use what you've got, 
do what you can. And thank you for joining us here on The War Room. Thank you for joining us in The War Room. Please enjoy The Nation's Rage, Psalm 2, by my soul among lions. Why do the nations rage? Why do the peoples die? 